welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tomfoolery, starring Jerry Springer with Gene Galvin and me, I am Maria Corelli. We are recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience here in Folk School Coffee Parlor of Ludlow, Kentucky. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen, it's Jerry Springer! Oh, shucks. Thank you very much. It's... Good to be back. Is what? that music in the background? Yeah, yeah. we do that. We start oh, we, the show. <laughs> we do that. <laughs> that happens sometimes. I've been doing no. that for about five yeah. years now. For five years we've been doing music? Well, hey, I know. I do know, have something. Have acts, yeah. I do have something new tonight. This is a big deal, Maria. <gasps> I, uh, you know, a couple episodes ago, well, f- probably five episodes in the years we've been doing this show, I have said the jury should be on a show that I love watching. Uh, running Wild with Bear Grylls. Oh. It's on the oh, Discovery yes. Channel. He's a British commando kind of guy, and he takes celebrities out, gets them out of their comfort zone, and all over the world, they do dramatic things in the backcountry. <laughs> two, three nights out, probably, well, maybe one night out, yeah. two Wait, days. We haven't got this. Uh, we haven't got this going yet. Well, here's the deal. Oh. I contacted the oh. show. As the, and I do it with air quotes when I'm talking to him, I am the executive oh. producer. Do they see the air quotes? Uh, I think oh. they, they, they're assumed. I can't I got wait till they call me. <laughs> and I'll say, who? Say, what? Say, the executive producer of the Jerry Springer podcast. I made yeah. it very clear, not Judge Jerry, not the old TV show. Yeah. I stay on my lane. I know what my lane is. <laughs> so I said, Jerry is like this kid from New York, and he's not comfortable in the outdoors and i said but that's what makes it so entertaining it's to be great to see him <laughs> patagonia or something rappelling down a big cliff so i sent this to them i made my pitch it was a good pitch maria it was tight <laughs> crickets no response not a oh, word you were on the phone with them or was it an uh, email, email. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so they were actual so quotes. they weren't even responding <laughs> So because far, they, they haven't. Because they realize how stupid <laughs> they it might is. be. But I, but I have a breakthrough. I have just put together a thing this summer, and I think you would relate to this. Get this: leaving from Cincinnati, Ludlow, you know, locally, in a rental car, myself and three of my buddies <laughs> are going to drive to the Wind River Range in Wyoming, up near the Grand Tetons, and we are going to backpack. For two oh, weeks, I, I have a seat in that SUV for Jerry Springer. <laughs> Jerry Springer is going to make that road trip. Is I it, know he is. Is it the back middle seat? It is in the middle. It's a, it's a, it's that little seat belt. Yeah, it's that, that belt. little one. Just that, that waist that one. No one fits. <laughs> no. <laughs> does, it, does it have a bathroom on it? Uh, no, but we're stopping. We made a decision. All meals are at McDonald's. Three meals a day. For all the dr- for the road trip part, Ooh. so there are bathrooms in McDonald's. So we stop at McDonald's, do a bathroom stop, get some food, boom, back in the car. Eighteen and a half hour drive to the Snowy Range, which is west of Laramie, and we'll hit that in one day. Driving straight through, deadheading as we call it. <laughs> Band people know what deadheading is. Yeah, we know. No, she had no. She's like, no, no further we explanation. <laughs> we do. What the hell's deadheading? That means driving, not stopping. Just go, do the gig. That's, that is just stupid. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. You Why, know, for you, the, that would be no fun. What is? Well, what is the fun? 
explain to me what is the fun. You know, seriously? Particularly for the people sitting in the back of the SUV. <laughs> you know, and Maria, Looking at I a highway for 18 straight hours. That's interesting because here is the truth. This trip is going to happen. When we put this together, and we got Dr. Larry Gray over here, one of the people who will be in the van is here. And when we put this together, all four guys said, dude, that sounds like a blast. They they all think that's just the the road trip part alone. Oh, yeah. And Jerry Springer (laughs) says, honestly, you got to be kidding me. I would hate the thought of that. We all can't wait to go. Yeah, I feel like there's, you know, it's like either you would love the idea of that or you wouldn't. You've well, driven across country. Oh. Well, I, 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 and did you like it? Well, wait I a second. It. I love that's it a too. different. That's different. You're talking. Wyoming, Jerry. Well, yeah, but no. Colorado. Getting in a car, I get it. Yeah. Maybe with a, convert, a convertible, the top down. Uh-huh. I like that. But too. you're not trying to do 18 hours a day. In other words, you take back roads. You spend a month seeing America. That makes sense. Mm. But for 18 hours, we got to get there. We got to oh, get, get there. there. I don't know. And stopping at McDonald's, <laughs> really? Okay. I don't, I'm not on board with that. I want to meet these people that think it's a good idea. Larry, stand up, Larry Gray, right there. He's one of them. You need help. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's, I mean, I have to love it because it's my job. I am a touring musician. So yeah, well, right. yeah, but then exactly. There's a place to get to by a certain time. Yes. But unless it's an emergency, why would you sit behind a wheel confined for 18 hours? It's not when you're 18. Not even, it's 18 and a half. When you're not even, first of all, you'd have to listen to him talking. Yeah, that's true. This is true. Yeah, that's true. There's just, there's, there's nothing, and there's, you're on a highway. How great do you think the view is? You go through small towns, you, you, you go through the countryside. I like that, too. I like that, that too. That makes sense. But, you know, like Route 66. That may, I like that. that. Well, Eisenhower put in the interstate system for a reason. It's the yes. quickest way to get from A to B, and we want to go and, you know, get packs out and go into the back country. So that's why you go, that's why you deadhead. You could uh, watch a documentary on your phone about Route 66 while you're on the highway. I like that. <laughs> and we're going to, and we will listen to uh, various mixes and, you know, I have access to media, so be a lot of music. Various and- mixes. Gene, what would be on your mix? <laughs> I, to be honest, it's a lot of what is- uh, folky stuff. Really. And modern stuff, uh, you know, including music of people like yourself and others who and play And you can't here. do that Yay. at home. No, well, you, you can't, can't do that listen at home. to music at home. You well, can't you can. read a book at home. <laughs> you can't have a conversation at home. You got to go outdoors. <laughs> Where the hell is Bear Grylls? I need Bear Grylls in here. <laughs> no, no anyway, I, I hope I, you guys so have a great time. Be sure to write me. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and oh, I. Oh, yeah. What? Just be sure to write because writing requires a stamp. So there was a TV convention two weeks ago, whatever. And yeah. I'm there. Hey, congratulations. Steve, we'll your your show is back on the air. Judge yep. Jerry. Hey, yeah, it's a great show. Thank you, thank you. Anyway, I'm, I'm there with Wilco. C. Uh, Wilco. Yeah, so Steve that's Wilco. C. Wilco sure. show. And, yeah, and, you know, everyone's selling their shows and stuff like that. So we went out to dinner and uh, I took out my wallet to yes. pay for it. And he started, seriously, 
Yeah. He started guffawing, laughing at me because I had a wallet. He says, old man, you got a wallet? Take it out. It's probably about that George uh, Costanza No, it's thickness. not that thick. I took a lot of the cards out. Yeah. But it's a wallet. And because apparently young people today have um, uh, clips, money clips. They don't carry Or it's wallets. on their phone. Or it's on right. Google Pay and or whatever. And then he goes, because I have stamps in the wallet. Oh, now that's pretty interesting. <laughs> Did you try to pay with the and stamps? And he says yeah, he wants stamps. And he's calling everybody around like I'm a freak. Look at him. Yeah. He's got Aww, stamps. That's mean. Well, how else do you mail a letter? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, what? <laughs> Well, you could have nailed the whole thing down by taking out your phone. Take your phone out and hold it up to Facebook Live. Say hello to Facebook Live there. Hello, Facebook Live. Take your phone out. Do the friends just call them Facebook? Flip phone. That's ridiculous. That's a rich guy. A flip phone. Wait, you're really laughing. <laughs> Someone? No, you're really, you really lost it. No, I had a flip phone. Oh, yeah. fine. For those 20 of, years ago, I was 56. <laughs> for those of you listening oh, on the podcast. Well, <laughs> well how else are you going to call people if you don't have a... For those hey, of you ask. listening Anyone on the podcast. Need a oh, I, I can use them. I, I'll take them. So since this is like an audit, you know, like uh, audible for those Audio of you listening. Only. Yeah, like someone audibly gasped when Jerry took his phone out. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. Because we, and we need to make it very clear. It is a 1984 flip phone, mm. thereabouts. No, they uh, didn't have... No? When, when did they... No, I don't think the uh, uh, cell phones came till about 1992 or so. I remember the first ones were these big... Yeah. I mean, clunky. Really, it's like yeah. you're on a different planet. Yeah, it's a walkie-talkie, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hey, uh, anyone have a walkie-talkie anymore? <laughs> Wait, they get the name that you could talk while you were walking. Yeah, walkie-talkie. There you go. How <laughs> do I figure this stuff out? <laughs> you think it's easy being a judge? Yeah, that's it. Hey, let me ask you something. Uh, mm-hmm. There appears to be, as I look at it, and we're recording this on the night of the New Hampshire primary, and people will hear it down the line for sure. quite a while. It goes into an archive. But that's just to put a time on it, uh, February 11th, 2020. And there seems to be some chaos within the Democratic Party. Maybe I'm overstating it, but what's your take on that? And and we have a potential of blowing this thing in an attempt to beat Donald Trump? Yeah, you're not overstating it. It's, uh, I mean, on paper, there is no excuse for America to vote for Donald Trump. I mean, it should, I mean, if you wrote down all the things he said and done and not done and all the boundaries that he's just wiped out in terms of what we expect from uh, the president of our great nation uh, and the embarrassment, you would think, oh, man, this is a slam dunk ele- election. But with the chaos that is currently going on in the Democratic Party, we could wind up blowing this. Now, some of the problems that we have in the party are structural, that it's not because of the particular candidates, but it's because of the system we have set up. What inevitably happens is when, when a, a, a 
political party, when the Democrats lose a presidential election, and it's true of either party on this one, everyone gets together and tries to revamp the rules of what happened. How did we lose that election? And so they come up with new rules, and oftentimes they overreact, and the new rules overreacting, they get another candidate in the next election that's even worse. So the first one I remember in my lifetime of total chaos was 1968. In 1968, we had Lyndon Johnson as the president, a Democrat, and he was going to run for re-election. But it was the middle of the Vietnam War. The war was getting out of control. You know, everyone knew someone who was dying over there. Everyone was being drafted. It was just cities were burning. America was just falling apart. So Democrats within our own party decided to challenge our own president when he was running for re-election. And first, Gene McCarthy got into the race, a senator from Minnesota, and uh, he got close in New Hampshire. And all of a sudden, oh, my gosh, Lyndon Johnson is vulnerable. Maybe he won't because everyone assumed he's the president. He's going to be renominated by his own party. But all of a sudden, he almost lost to Gene McCarthy. Four days later, Bobby Kennedy announces he's going to run. That scares Lyndon Johnson. Two weeks later, Lyndon Johnson drops out of the race. And now taking Lyndon Johnson's place, as far as the party was concerned, would be the vice, his vice president, Hubert Humphrey. He was the party candidate. He was the institutional candidate. And then when Bobby Kennedy is assassinated... There's just, you know, where were we going to turn? People go to McCarthy. People didn't want to have Hubert Humphrey because his position on the war had been the same as Lyndon Johnson's. We had the riots in Chicago at the convention, the police riots. It was unbelievable. And the result of that chaos was Richard Nixon gets elected president. So the Democrats get together afterwards and say, we can't have this chaos and we can't have the political bosses saying who the candidate is, like they did with Hubert Humphrey. So we're going to have a whole new democratic way of doing it, and they made new rules of who gets to go to the convention, and the result was we got George McGovern in 1972, and you know how that election ended. I'm reminded that the same kind of thing happened in 2016. The, in the Democratic Party, the institution, the, the, the party itself, the party elders, um, we're all behind Hillary. And the people who were protesting the Sanders candidacy, um, they were fighting the establishment. And they, they thought, or many of their supporters thought, the system was basically rigged in favor of Hillary. Um, and so, and then of course, even though Hillary beat Trump in the vote, uh, the Electoral College, uh, she lost. So then the Democratic Party gets together and makes new rules for this year. And the new rule they came up with is we can't have these superdelegates. Superdelegates were delegates who were not, uh, to the convention, who were not elected in the primaries, but our party officials, governors, senators, congressmen, mayors, they're just members of the Democratic Party, professional uh, Democrats, professional politicians, professional government uh, workers, and they shouldn't be given a vote in the first ballot at the Democratic convention this year because they tilt the system 
towards the party bosses because they are all elected officials. And so the common thought is that, oh, good, this way we won't have the system rigged and who comes out of the primaries ultimately will be somebody voted by the people. On paper, that sounds good. But I'm going to give you what I believe is another side of the story, saying that my politics are liberal. But there's something very flawed in the system we now have. First of all, the obvious part is that it seems like the Republican Party made the rules for the Democrats. You know, whoever came up with a system that Iowa and New Hampshire, uh, you know, would be the first two states in a Democratic nomination process is an absurdity with no disrespect to either of those states. But they are totally white, particularly in Iowa. You can only vote in a three-hour period at a certain location. I mean, this is, sounds like something the Republicans do to make it difficult for people to vote. And so basically what you're getting is the first two primaries, or the caucus and the primary, which kind of puts candidates to the front, eases their way to raise money. But most importantly, the process... This time, for example, did away with every candidate of color. Kamala Harris, Cory Booker, Cory Booker um, Castro, you know. And so what we wound up with are very nice people, very good people, very smart people. It's a good quality of candidates. That's not the problem this year. But they don't reflect the country, and they don't reflect certainly what the Democratic Party is. Here's the issue. There is a difference between the Democratic Party and the Republican Party, historically. The people who are Republicans are Republicans first. Their first political involvement is, they say, gee, I'm pretty conservative, I'm a Republican. Or they grow up in a family where they're Republican. Or they come from a wealthy neighborhood that's Republican. In other words, their political identity is Republican first. Democrats are always something else first. They are from different, they have different identities first. They are first African-American. They are first women. They are first labor. They are first Hispanic. They are first gay. In other words, they're, they're first immigrants they have an identity which gets them involved politically, and they become Democrats because the party, by philosophy, is more open to these groups. So you're always going to have more chaos in the Democratic Party than you're going to have in a Republican Party. Just because of what the makeup of our party is, by definition. It is a makeup, by the way, which those of us who are Democrats are very proud of. So you're going to have that particular issue going on. Here's what I would like to suggest. I think right now the superdelegates do not get to vote the first round of uh, at the convention. It's probably too late to change. But I am all in favor of superdelegates and having superdelegates vote right away. Why? It is the 
only guarantee that we have that the convention will be representative of the entire nation because every one of those superdelegates, basically everyone, has been elected by the people in their own state. By the, they're either governors, senators, congressmen or women. They're mayors. They're public officials. And so automatically, you're not going to get just an all-white group. Automatically, you're not going to get people just from New York and California. They're going to be from the entire range of the country, north, south, east, west. People elected by the population that declare themselves Democrats. That's a much better way because what we're facing here is a possibility that we're going to have a civil war in the Democratic Party. That you're going to have, let's say, Bernie Sanders, who is very popular with the wing of the party. There's no question. He may be more popular than any other wing. But let's also be honest that a lot of his supporters, I mean a lot, have no interest, if Bernie doesn't get the nomination, of joining whoever does get the nomination. Bernie will, but the supporters won't, just like they didn't come over to Hillary. They stayed home. They didn't vote for Trump. They just stayed home. And by the way, it's the other way too. All those moderate or conservative Democrats, let's say living in the South or in the Midwest, are they going to come over and vote for Bernie? They're going to believe what Trump says. He's a socialist. Like that's a bad term. I mean, all this stuff, that's the reality. And that is why we may wind up blowing this thing. If you had the superdelegates, along with all the winners of the, all the delegates that come because of primaries and caucuses, just have them in the mix, then you know that in the final determination of who our candidate will be, all sections of the country all ethnic groups, all races, everybody will be represented. All right, everyone, we want to um, switch it on over to our musical portion of the podcast. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we want to welcome to the stage from Nitro, West Virginia, Tony Hera. Thank you all. Thanks for uh, being here, Tony. Appreciate yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah. Um, will you let us know the first song that you're going to do for us? Yes, yeah, uh, first song I want to do is called Easter Sunday Mornings. I, uh, it's kind of a reflective song about, I don't know, growing up in uh, simpler times before you have to be an adult. I still visit the old home place For no reason now and then A row of houses too familiar Fourth on the left, number 106 But does the green grass hold my memory? Miss these feet from time to time 
to its roots rise up and reach for me and in the breeze waves goodbye I still hear my brother's footsteps my mother's call to come back in the Christmas tree dad planted in 1989 Well, he's gone, and so is it. And I miss Easter Sunday mornings. The ones I knew as a kid. Cause every spring our Savior goes back up to heaven. With a few more of my friends. love letters to my girlfriend she barely lived two miles away I was ten she was perfect and I still love her to this day it's family cars and truck stop diners Neighbors Kool-Aid and Solo Cups I feel my childhood losing signal Fading out, breaking up I still hear my brother's footsteps Mother's call to come back in Christmas tree dad planted in 1989 Well he's gone now, so is it And I miss Easter Sunday mornings Just the ones when I was a kid Cause every spring our Savior goes back up to heaven my friends And I miss Easter Sunday mornings The fourth on the left Number 106 I never thought I'd actually hear you say something like that to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. Just great. And um, Tony, who, who do you have playing bass with you here? Uh, this is one of my best friends, if not my best friend, uh, Mr. Anders Bush from Hurricane West Virginia. Yeah. And um, are, do you, are you both uh, songwriters? And do you write the songs together? Or is it? Um... I write the songs, okay. and he, cool. he makes them sound good. Oh. Yeah. yeah, sounds very nice, guys. Thank you very much. Very good. That's powerful. That was really powerful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. 
We, uh, not try to write real songs. Uh, there's enough fake stuff in the world. What you think? Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so I try to write stuff about real families and real problems and real yeah. laws and things that people understand. Good. Yeah, it sounds good. Real reflective and it's real. Um, will you uh, take us out on Down by the Riverside and maybe uh, let Jerry have a verse? I want to let Jerry have a verse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love oh, that Jerry's going to let me have a verse. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <right>. <clears throat> oh, and I, I'm so sorry. Before you do, can you let um, the audience know where we can hear more of your music? Yeah. Oh, you yeah, can. Uh, you can go to TonyHara.com, and uh, uh, music is also available on the... Uh, the digital streaming platforms across, you know, the world and sure. uh, and the social media places as well. Okay. And so, can yeah. you spell can you spell uh Hera for I us? can. It's Tony, you know, with a Y. <laughs> Oddly enough you have to say that sometimes. Yeah. And then Hera H A R R A H. Awesome. Thank so, you. You're a casino. Uh, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna try my long white road. Down by the riverside, I'm gonna lay down my sword.